It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're very pleased to be joined today by Utah Senator Mitt Romney, who's going to help us make sense of uh, what's happening in our nation's capital today, uh, although that's always a, uh, a challenge at best. Senator Romney, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you again, Boyd. All right. So uh, yesterday, of course, you were uh, in a hearing, uh, the United States Senate uh, Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pension uh, that took place yesterday, and uh, there was an interesting exchange uh, in terms of benefits that are provided, things that are part of that 1.8 trillion American families plan. Uh, tell us your perspective on that and uh, the exchange uh, that you had in terms of where the decisions should be made in terms of how we raise our kids. Well, uh, one of the people who had been chosen to speak um, uh, by the uh, uh, by the Democrat chair. Uh, was uh, telling that uh, she fully supported the $200 billion the president's planning on putting into child care in the country. Uh, and, uh, and, and I noted that, that this shows that, that the president has a, a uh, uh, if you will, a preference for children being, being cared for in, in child care as opposed to being cared for by their, their parent. Uh, a, a parent might choose to stay home and take care of a child or perhaps have a child taken care of by a, a grandparent or a sister or aunt or uncle or whatever. And I said, wouldn't you, you know, prefer having a setting where, where we provided funds to people who needed help, but they had the choice of whether they'd use those funds to, you know, pay the grandmother or to, to go to a child care center. And she said, well, no, you know, we've, we've learned that children get better development if they're basically in a child care center. And, uh, and I made the comment, well, I, I guess I'm, uh, I've been disadvantaged because my mom stayed home and helped, helped raise me. Uh, and, and what's interesting is she, she, didn't, she didn't disagree. <laughs> she, she continued to make the point that, that you know, uh, the research shows that kids are better in child care. And it's like, you know, that, that's just a, a completely different philosophy. My own view is that rather than having the administration uh, and the people who agree with them tell us how to raise our kids, we got to allow parents to make those decisions. And, uh, you know, if the child care company wants to convince you they can do a better job, let them try. But uh, but I think the individual parent uh, or parents ought to be able to make their own choice to raising their own children. And by the way, my own preference is I'd, I'd want a mom or a dad to be able to stay home. That's my that's my own preference. But I'm I'm not an expert. I'm just a a kid that grew up in a family where my mom was home for me. Yeah, and I th- I think it's interesting too as you as you look at that. And uh, I think the point you made in terms of uh, you know whether it's one parent or both parents or figuring out which parent is going to. Uh, stay home or, you know, what the dynamics are, uh, the real issue comes down to uh, having that choice and and for parents to be able to decide 
what is the best path, whether that's a combination of child care and, and family members or whatever that might be. Uh, and so walk us down just a little bit, uh, Senator Romney, in terms of how that could best happen. Of course, uh, many couples, uh, many families today find uh, that it, they have to have both parents working. And so they're looking at, at those options in terms of child care. And what's the best way to give them support, flexibility, and really stewardship over, over their families? Well, the, a plan that I propose called the Family Security Act, uh, and, and by the way, this has been endorsed by quite a number of folks uh, on both sides of the aisle, so I'm, both, I'm quite encouraged about this. But the idea is, instead of giving uh, young couples or a, a single parent a tax credit at the end of the year or a check that comes from a tax refund at the end of the year, instead let's, let's take the same money we were spending on those tax benefits and instead give people uh, income on a monthly basis. Uh, of an equivalent amount so that they would be confident that they have the funds to either pay for child care or to uh, pay for, uh, you know, an aunt or an uncle to help uh, be at home or or perhaps to pay for clothing, uh, health care, and so forth. So it's uh, it's let the parent decide. And, and instead of sending money to child care centers saying to people, hey, you can get free child care, instead let the parents decide what's the best way uh, that they can support their own child. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that is uh, a model, and a model I think uh, works for everyone. Again, regardless of the choice, regardless of the situation, you mentioned uh, a single parent uh, who's going to have to look at some of those things. But uh, putting that money in their hands, as opposed to uh, the child care center who's getting money from the government, uh, those kinds of things tend to create bloated programs that often uh, are ineffective or inefficient. Well, and the challenge is that the president is putting in place uh, a, a, I'm sure, a compassionate thought, which he can do uh, almost on his own, uh, which is to substantially increase the tax benefit uh, that's going to parents. Uh, but, uh, but it's not a permanent program. It only lasts for four years. And it's very expensive, billions and billions of dollars, which will mean someone's got to pay for it. We have to raise taxes somewhere. I'm tired of just passing on our burdens to the next generation through more debt. And uh, the plan I put forward doesn't cost more money. It's uh, it's entirely being paid for by ending programs we don't need and replacing them with better programs that basically give people funds uh, on a monthly basis that they can use for uh, caring for their own children. Uh, and, and I want to uh, just really quickly uh, hit that kind of next generation child care that that possibly the most important care we could provide is making sure we don't stick them uh, with the $30 trillion, uh, in debt and deficit spending that we're racking up. Uh, we're racking up debt that will impact children that have not been born yet and, and many whose parents haven't even met yet. It's a real concern uh, of mine, and, and that is that it, it, it seems really easy just to keep borrowing. Um, you know, anybody uh, on a personal basis that overextends on their credit card, they know they got to pay the interest, they got to pay it back at some point, it becomes quite a burden. But in the case of our country, uh, there's really no one to tell us to stop. And so we just keep on borrowing and borrowing, and the interest that we pay is getting larger and larger. It, it's, it's now still smaller than our total military budget, but it's getting closer. Uh, we spent $500 billion this year on interest. And as we keep adding to the debt, we're going to be spending that interest. The next generation will have to be paying that interest, at some point paying back the principal. It's just, it's just simply wrong for my generation to spend massively more than we take in and expect the next generation to be burdened with that interest and those payments. Yeah. 
Uh, we got just a, a couple minutes. I want to sneak in uh, one kind of sidebar question here. We've been talking a lot about uh, Israel and Hamas and uh, the uh, problems in the Middle East. Uh, we've been talking about it in the context of Iran's role. Uh, and is is President Biden's rush uh, back to the Iran deal, uh, is that undermining any credibility or ability uh, to negotiate uh, with uh, Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, knowing that uh, Iran is one of the great destabilizers uh, in the region? Well, there's no question in my mind, but that what you're seeing uh, coming from Hamas uh, in the Gaza Strip is being uh, stimulated and supported by Iran and may, may well have been instigated by Iran. Uh, it's, those, are, those are Iran's rockets that are being fired. And, uh, and, and Iran does want to destabilize Israel, particularly as they're going through a, a, a presidential campaign trying to put a government together uh, and, and, and to disrupt uh, the relations with Israel uh, on the part of not only our nation but other nations. So, I mean, it, Iran is, is playing this. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we need to focus on what Hamas is doing, uh, and, and, but we also need to look beyond Hamas and say, okay, who's behind this? And it really is Iran. I mean, they're, they're the bad actor that, uh, that they've been for many, many, many years and, uh, and continue to show that on a daily basis. And is there anything that the administration should be doing or should be positioning, or is there a role uh, within your role uh, with uh, foreign relations in the United States Senate in terms of exerting some of that influence? In my opinion, the best thing we can do is to make it very clear that we uh, recognize the right of Israel to defend itself from a uh, an, from a launches of uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of rockets that are being sent into their country. Uh, many of which have been intercepted, but others which have landed and caused uh, damage and destruction and death. And uh, and a country has a right to defend itself when attacked. And and I think we have to make that very very clear that we will we will stand with Israel and and uh, and recognize the right to defend themselves. We also I think need to make it very clear to our ally Israel that uh, that they need to get uh, they need to be very sensitive to the issues involved with Palestinians, particularly Israeli citizen Palestinians, uh, and and provide for them the uh, the confidence in the future that they deserve. Great insight, uh, as always, uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Thanks for uh, carving out a little time on a very busy day back in Washington, D.C., everything from international affairs uh, to what happens right in our own homes uh, when it comes to parents and child care. Thanks so much for joining us today, Senator. Thanks, Boyd. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. That really shows you just how connected and interconnected this world is. Uh, and We were just barely scratching the surface. But much more to come here on KSLM's radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.